the peer review. My name is Maggie, and with me I have... Artemis. And Colin. And just like all other segments of the peer review and the rough draft, this is published and produced by the York Review. Today, we're going to be talking about poetry, and specifically inspiration for poetry. Um, I know that inspiration comes from many different things, and I just kind of wanted to talk about how I develop inspiration and how you guys develop inspiration as well for writing. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Yeah. So to start off, first of all, I find inspiration different for when I'm writing poetry than when I'm writing prose. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but for instance, one aspect of inspiration for me that is a big part is music. I love listening to music to draw inspiration. And when I listen to music while writing, I can only listen to music when I'm writing prose versus poetry. So, well, first, what do you mean by prose? Any type of fiction, like um, any type of fiction writing. Like I write, like I'm writing a book right now. Yeah. Okay. No, no you no, mean no. like narrative driven, right? Like yeah. Driven yeah, I gotcha. So for me personally, I can't get inspiration from music, reading, movies. I, I can't do that. Because whatever I end up writing is just like a regurgitation of what I just like digested. Like I'll listen to like Single Ladies by Beyonce, right? And then I end up writing a poem about how I'm like a single lady and I need to throw my hands up. Like it just it just doesn't work for me. Um, I don't know. That's that's my thought on music and digesting other media as inspiration. I just can't do it. So I guess for me, I don't know because I'm not a very big poetry writer. But when I do write poetry, it's kind of like just a mixture of everything that's going on. So, like, if I've listened to something interesting or if I read something and, um, I don't know, it's just kind of in the back of my mind and I kind of, like, pull from it when I need to to, to figure something out. And another big um, thing I like to draw inspiration from is nature. I'm from Towson, Maryland, and nearby Towson is Lock Raven Reservoir, and I love sitting there when I'm home and just sitting next to the water and just being able to free write. And... I think music kind of goes along with that because I, I listen to specific playlists that kind of put me in this zone of just kind of being like one with nature almost. I just so. want to mention, sorry, not to cut anybody no, off. No, that's, like, that's So Maggie and I grew up like really close to each other somehow magically. Yeah. Because uh, she lived in Towson and I lived in, I don't remember where I remember that, but I lived in that Lock Raven area. So like, yeah. I actually know what you're talking about. It's a really beautiful place. For as far as like nature goes, for me, uh, we used to go to Gunpowder Falls when I was younger with my. Place sounds crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of. Um, That's where the last GOP convention was. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, we used to go to Gunpowder Falls when I was younger. Uh, we would bring my dog there, and it was always just a really beautiful place. I, I remember him like playing in the water and stuff at the beach. I don't know if it's a beach or not. It was like I don't know. I can't remember. Um, I just remember it in the water. So. Um, but yeah, it was, it was great, like, to hike that place and everything, and, um, so whenever I think of, like, nature, and I try to draw from it, I kind of draw from that place, or even here in York, the rail trail, which sounds like a bad porno, but it's actually, <laughs> like, It actually is a bad porno. It probably is, but it's actually a really cool place to hike. It starts in, like, the middle of York, and it goes all the way into Maryland, um, and it takes you through some really great countrysides, and, uh, you get to, like, really just follow this railroad to, like, everywhere. Um, and it's just so, like, calming, natural, except for the railroad part, that's man-made. But, like, the rest of it, totally natural. See, see I love being in nature. I, I, I went backpacking last year and loved it. I want to start going out more. Back home, I have, like, a bunch of spots, like, like you guys talked about, where I like to go and just sit and just kind of listen to the water, watch the water, just kind of be out in nature. But for me, 
don't know why, it's not so much like an inspiration thing. Before I write, I, I kind of feel like tense, and one of two things happens. I either go write to relieve that tension, or I go like sit in nature. So for me, sitting in nature is to kind of like, like a meditative releasing of what would be writing for me. You know what I mean? I also enjoy it. It's just not, I can't be productive in that environment. That yeah. makes sense. You're kind of like not all there in your headspace. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's no focus yeah. when I'm there. It's just kind of like to, it's almost like I get to breathe out all this tension into open air, you know? So for me, a lot of times my writing gets done at night after like a stressful day. I just sit down at my desk and like, Tense, not angry, but like tense, and that's where my writing gets explains why it's a mess. Oh yeah, because like I feel like I do, I feel like I do my best art. I don't know if I would say, I mean, poetry is an art. Um, under extreme emotional distress. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> if that makes yeah, any yeah, sense. Absolutely, I agree. That's why I do my best papers. Like <laughs> the very last minute, five minutes before class, six pages to write. Yeah. <laughs> so like anytime I'm just feeling like really anxious. Or just like really angry or really of any emotion. I feel like I'm able to transfer my thoughts into words easier. You know what? Oddly enough for me, I kind of feel the opposite. Like I can't be like super emotional. I have to be like either in this like neutral place or I have to be like really depressed. I don't know why. Maybe that kind of shows in some of my writing. Although some of my writing tends to be, like, more comical or kind of funny. I think that's a great way to deal with being, like, a little depressed, you know? Yeah, I I have to be, like, in this, like, kind of sad zone, and then, like, it just kind of pours out of me. And it kind of helps me to feel not so depressed anymore, but also, like, I don't know, I think it kind of makes it, the writing, better. Maybe, to me, I guess, because it seems a little bit more real. It's not that, like, fake kind of happiness or that, like super manic energetic kind of happiness that you get it's kind of like that this is really how i'm feeling at the time this is really my thought process this is really like what's going on but like a solid sense of like yourself at that moment yeah i feel would be a good way yeah I, I kind of feel that for me i can't write when i'm depressed um because i don't i'll sit there and think about great ideas that i should be writing down but like i just can't get the energy to like pull out a pencil and a notepad. I, I can't do it because I'm just, like, I, I don't suffer from depression, but when I'm depressed, I just, I don't have a will to really do anything, including writing the ideas that I, at that time, usually think are pretty good. Um, yeah, so, so for me, writing while depressed doesn't really work out. Usually for me, the first step of my writing process is usually getting some beer or something. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Uh, so I, I'll, I'll like go out, be like tense, stressed out, go get some drinks, and then I'm kind of like still tense, but I'm feel I'm feeling talky, I'm feeling reassured, and then I can sit down and write, and it'll be gen. It feels authentic when I do it that. So I think for me, my like mind goes so quickly, and I have all these really great ideas and all these really like amazing things, and I can just see it in my head, like clear as day. It's like perfect there. And I, I, like, go over it, and I refine it and fine-tune it. It makes it, like, wonderful, like, to the point where I'm, like, crying. Because I'm, like, oh, this is so beautiful. Like, I can't wait to put it down. And then I go to put it down, and, like, my hands can't do it. Like, they can't move fast enough, or they can't, like, produce the same quality written down as what I can see in my own head. And that kind of is what depresses me. And so I keep chasing that like beauty or that quality that I've come up with in my own imagination. And I think that kind of pushes me to do better. 
But at the same time, it, it really depresses me because I know it's never going to be as good as, as how I've imagined it. For me, I, I totally get that. For me, I'm just happy to get it like on the paper. Because like I said, usually when I'm in that stage, I just kind of like like go outside and decompress or just don't write anything. So for me, just to be like writing this down, I'm like, oh, nice. <laughs> like I'm representing this well enough. Uh, how, how about you, Maggie? Tell us more. Um... Well, going back to what you were saying about, like, being depressed and writing, like, you don't have any motivation to do writing. I feel like when I am feeling the most depressed, even though it is one of those strong emotions that I was talking about that can be helpful, I kind of, like, force myself not to write when I'm feeling depressed because I know it's going to turn out like some 13-year-old girl's journal. Yes, yes. And I hate stereotypical poetry Poetry that's like, love me, do, love me, true, blah, 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 you know. <laughs> wow, that was already amazing. <laughs> now, I know exactly what you're talking about. And yeah, I, I, I think if I tried to write, if, if I had the capacity. capacity to write when I'm feeling depressed, um, I think it would turn out pretty crappy. Like a lot of the ideas in my head at the time, I'm like, oh man, that's, that's gold right there. But then the next morning I wake up and I like think about it, I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> that's, that's not me, man, that's not authentic at all. Um, so, so I kind of get that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I would like to do more creative writing. I feel I have some inspiration in me, but you know how college works, man. I don't, yeah, it's tough to get to do anything outside yeah. of class. Yeah. Like I just, I can't take the hit to my grade to like work on a poem tonight, <laughs> you know, although I'd love to. Yeah. That's actually kind of upsetting when you think about it because we come here to be scholars and to be, I mean, not all of us come here to be literary scholars. Like some people are biology or marketing or whatever professional writing professional writing uh art nursing whatever but like i think the only way to really grow and develop as a person is to have that ability to be creative to be able to sit down and produce some art like whether it's writing or drawing or making a sculpture and it doesn't even have to be something like that it could be playing video games it could be going to see a movie it could be building something with your hand you come to college and it's kind of like here let me throw all these books at you you take these home and read them for the next six hours and then we'll have a test on them in a couple of weeks to find out what you can remember and so we spend all of this time like memorizing facts and reading books and and some of the information is helpful some of it's really great but like a lot of times once we're done remembering it not only will we never use it again, but then we just kind of push it out of our mind for more stuff. And we're not really, I don't say that we're not really learning anything, but I don't think that we're really retaining anything. And so it's kind of hard for me to imagine us actually like growing as people. I think I would, I completely agree with everything you were saying. And I think that's why finding inspiration to push through all that stuff is so important. Mm -hmm. Because when you have, when you are a college student and you have so much on your plate and so much is it is is expected of you and so much that you have to follow through with and you know finish this paper on this day study for this test for a book you've never read before blah 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 it's it's important to find what does inspire you set time aside to what you are truly passionate so, so i agree with all that i just might be a fraud um but personally i'm really glad of all the reading and everything i get because a lot of times i have an idea I'm like, like, I'll be thinking about, like, um, this is a terrible example that's not true. Um, but I'll be thinking about, um, like, oh, well, like, the credibility of someone speaking affects, like, the message. I'm like, wow, what a great original thought I had. 
And then we read Plato or like Aristotle. I'm like, oh, that's like ethos. That's not like, I didn't like come up with That's not like some great grand new thing. You know what I mean? Um, so I just might be a fraud and all my ideas are like basic <laughs> and already discovered. But I, I feel like for me, you know, keep in mind my writing's a little more on like the, like the rhetoric side. Um, so for me, I'm trying to like find the, the edge of that niche and like enter that conversation. You know what I mean? Whereas you guys who dabble more in creative writing, which I'm, I, I'm trying to, yeah, I just go off on a tangent about <laughs> no, not I, literature. I can tie that back to what we were talking about. Please do. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like the inspiration that you find for writing comes from the things that you're writing about. You said your writing is more on the rhetoric side. So obviously you're going to find more inspiration and more passion from the kind of readings that are about that. That's, you know what? That's, that's very true. So, so it's not literature, but academically, a lot of my inspiration, that's so true, man. A lot of my inspiration, I think, does come from, like, other academic texts. Like, I, I just read a little bit of Vico, who discusses um, human imagination, right, and the difference between, like, the natural and the human world. I didn't look into him too much, but that's, like, a baseline of what I got, right? And that um, humanities, literature, all this is important because you, we can't really judge human by, by natural law. We can try. But at the end of the day, like, survival of the fittest, like, does that still really apply in our society? You know, in some cases, yes, in some cases, no. I think humanities literature is important because it allows us to properly judge. I think more of what I was going with isn't necessarily... <laughs> um, I'm so sorry. No, no, that's fine. I think that, no, that wasn't necessarily where I was going. I feel like, um, so I feel like while we get our education, we get a lot of, like, less useful things. So, like, if you're a major in general, like, Creative writing, commercial writing, whatever. Um, Let's say creative writing. I need to relax with this. Okay, my creative writing. Okay. Chances are you're not going to leave here and need to know like what the Pythagorean theorem is. You're not going to need to know Fibonacci sequence. You're not going to need to really understand the laws of physics because although you have like a general grasp of them from high school, while you're writing about anything creative or anything you're not going to get that in-depth into it. And if you needed to, you can always... Same thing, like, if you're a mathematician, I don't think that you really need to understand, like, Plato's cave. So good. I mean, it's great, right? It's so good. But I don't no, think that sorry. you, like, honestly <laughs> need to know that because that not one point while you're, like, in your accounting position are you going to have to wonder about whether, like, the shadows that you see on the paper... Like, it's not going to come up. Like, I, so my thing is that I, I feel like... While we're here and we're supposed to be, like, you know, as creative writing majors would say, like, we're supposed to be really learning about the creative writing process, but then we're given a lot of these other things, so like history classes and math classes and physics classes that kind of weigh us down. And I think it's something we do kind of need. Like, it's a little bit more advanced than what we got in high school, and it kind of makes us a little more well-rounded in general. But I also think that a lot of it's stuff that we aren't going to need because a lot of it's stuff that we're never going to use. So we're kind of paying for it but not needing it in the future. But then for the stuff that we could be learning about, like taking more literature classes or taking more humanities classes, that could help us more with our particular degree. We're not now because it's, it's being taken up by these other things that probably aren't. As I think everyone should have to take philosophy, creative writing, like some sort of creative literature well, they do. based courses. Right? But I, I think it's important that a mathematician read Plato's Allegory of the Cave 
And I think that those sorts of lessons you can learn from those humanities-driven texts are, are going to apply to the rest of their lives. You know, these people are voting. They need to understand what a good argument is, and they need to have a good idea of their self, right? And I think you get that through philosophy and creative writing. So that's a good idea of kind of like how we draw inspiration. Um, we would love to hear how you, as a listener, draws inspiration with our hashtag, hashtag be weird with us, and hashtag the rough drive. So I think that kind of shows like how we draw inspiration um, as a whole through music, through poetry, through the rhetoric we like to um, read. Woo. Any kind of like closing? I feel like there's a really big difference between how I get inspiration and how Maggie and Artemis get inspiration. So don't be sheep, guys. If you're like, if you get ex or if you get inspiration in weird ways, let us know by emailing our email address, which is the roughdraftycp at gmail.com. That's T H E R O U G H D R A F T Y C P at gmail.com. And we will get back to you as soon as we can. And we'll talk to you, and you can come on, or you can send us your submissions, or even let us know how we're doing. Compliments, hate mail, whatever. We're good. Yeah, I'm particularly interested in hate mail. Me um, too. Yeah, right? Talking, looking at you, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Don't talk my great. That's going to be the hate mail. It's going to be an apple. <laughs> Shit. F for fan mail. For whom to think there is no good way to end a podcast. No, I you just end it with a I think good podcasts like, don't fade end. out. They don't. Right. They just never end. Thank you. Sorry for my ramblings. I think you cut like hashtag be weird with us. Yeah, and hashtag the, the rough, rough draft, draft and or hashtag the York Review slash hashtag make you famous. Be our thing. That should be our hashtag thing. That's what we talked about famous. in the first episode. Oh, sorry. I don't pay attention. I'm sorry. Uh, you were the one who said it. <laughs> I pay attention to myself these of all. Ah, okay. okay. Yeah, we gotta go. Bye. Bye. Thanks for not, thanks for coming here, Maggie. You're actually part of us. So thank, thanks for doing your job, Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so. Bye. Yeah, Maggie, thanks for doing something. Yeah. Bye. God, Maggie. That's getting cut out. I, I, I'm pretty sure the audience already thinks I'm a dick because you know, our audience is trying so. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm leaving it all in. Goodbye. Bye.